what I'd like to talk to you about tonight is what is at stake. Not the kind of stake that you eat, but what is at stake in our lives as we go through it. And I'm going to tell you what that is because I got it written down over here. We live in the greatest country in the world. If you think I'm kidding you, you go down to the southern border right now. 171 different countries have sent their adversaries to the United States to swim that Rio Grande River. Or however they get to, through the river. I'm not going to go into telling what it's been called in the past. So, I'm, But here's what I'm going to do. I'm going to tell you that we live in the greatest country in the world. We also go, in my opinion, to the best church on the face of this planet. And our pastor wouldn't accept this, but I'm going to tell you right now, we've got the best pastor I have sat under in my entire life. This man cares. We, we have lived during the time of, in this earth, we've lived there, we've seen so many things that are good and so many things that are bad. If you're, if you are more than five years old or three years old or, and you're not being able to pay attention to me anyway, but the, all you that can pay attention will know that I'm telling you the truth. We have seen things in the last two or three years that nobody on the face of this planet has ever seen before. This church has went through some of the same things we've never seen before. We're doing something right now that until about a year and a half ago, till this building right here was built, was unheard of at this church. We are going through times, not only perilous times, but at the same time, we're going through good times on this earth. And the one thing that we all know that makes things good on this earth is the love of Jesus. Je that's the only thing that smooths everything out. That's it. Well, I need to get back here to my notes a little bit. I don't want to fall over doing it. But honestly... It's trending to be a little worse at times. And then I wake up the next morning and it's a little better. So I don't know. But I will tell you, there's a man who... who I'm going to give you a quote. A man that wrote this down, and I'm going to tell you in the end when he wrote it down. He says, it was the best of times. He said, it was the worst of times. It was an age of foolishness and wisdom. He says it was an epic, epic of belief. It was an epic of incredulity. Do, do, whatever that word is. It was a season of light and a season of darkness. It was a spring of hope and it was the winter of despair. We have seen it all. Every one of us have seen some of those words. And guess what? Those words are as true today as what they were when this was written in 1912. 
So see, nothing's new, but nothing's old. We are in the middle of what God's plan was for us. His plan. I'm running out of steam real quick here, ain't I? These words were penned in 19 and 12, I said. How much more today is it true? Now, just for a few minutes, I'm going to tell you all that some of you may not know this, and some of you probably really don't even care. But this past birthday, I turned 70 years old. Oh, yeah, you know about that right down there. I know you know about that. 70 years old. And I can remember riding a school bus, and none of our children will be able to tell these stories. But we had a music teacher and a third grade school teacher that would ride the bus with us because she lived on the same route as the bus went, so she rode the school bus back and forth just like the kids did. But Mrs. Lance would do something a little different than everybody else would do. All through the third, the fourth, and the fifth grade, I learned how to sing on the way home, Onward Christian Soldiers. We sang it all the time. And we sang other songs. But Mrs. Lance would put us in the singing mood. And that whole bus, would we, we knew it by heart. We was there. So, But those people, we're talking about many, many years ago, those people are gone today. And they need somebody to take their place. They need somebody to step up and, and, and let God shine in the lives of our children and in the lives of other people. Our own selves need those shining moments in our lives. God put us there to be happy. He didn't put us here to be sad. God put us here to love one another he put us here to work in our gardens or whatever we do, but to be happy and be happy about it. I mean, to be happy and to be happy about it. Louise and I started coming to this church just prior to COVID-19. This church, the three or four weeks we came here before it hit. Let's just say it hit. I've seen things happen out in that, that congregation that I'd never seen before in a church. I've seen love of people that I didn't know. I wanted to get to know some of them. I've seen the love of people that was happy at this church. A lot of those people, matter of fact, I believe I can honestly say most of those people still go to church. Except one or two of them might have got married off and moved around somewhere else. I won't mention their names. But happy is what God wants us to be. He wants us to be happy. Oh yeah, you, know, you knew I was talking about her, didn't you? Okay, okay, that's right. Those girls will not ever live me down. But you know, at the same time, this church right here held it together. At the same time, our congregation held it together. The world fell apart. The world fell apart. Uh, I don't know the exact percentage 
So I'm going to fall back on what my daddy told me years ago about percentages. Most people will make up the percentages at, at the time they're speaking because they don't know what the percentages are. But I don't know. But I have heard that one in four congregations in the United States is no longer there. They have dropped off. They're not building. Church building right now is at a all-time low. Now, I'm going to yank the chain of a young man that came from this church. And I told him that there was a congregation just north, oh, west of here. Just follow that sun right over there. That needed a, a preacher. Because if he would give us some help, give him some help. And that man moved in the direction of finding the, the people that was in charge of deciding who was going to come up there and help him. He didn't make no long-term commitment, but i tell you what he did do. He went up there and he followed the will of God. He followed the will of God. There was a church up there that was down to three people. Three people. You had the man that was in charge of it. I call him in charge of it. You had his wife, and you had her sister. That was it. Just two weeks prior to that, my sister-in-law and the other... No, I don't think the other one was going there then. Sister-in-law had to stop because they just couldn't get fed at that church. I don't know what Lance's last name is. Who, what's Lance's last name? Lance Ovi went up there. He's got a thriving little church. I, I wish you could, I could hear you over there, but how many people's in that church today? I, I still couldn't hear him. I, but 16. 16 from 3. I don't care where you get it from. That's multiplication. That is the work of God. That 16 is going to grow, and that 16 is going to keep on growing, and they're going to. And they got a kids program up there that they didn't have a hope, not one hope, of a vacation Bible school this year. Guess what they're having next week? They're having a vacation Bible school. And it's not for 80-year-old people, it's for kids. Because Lance went in there and built a program for young people. Lance has got my undivided love for doing what he's done. It's been a great challenge for all of us to stay as a congregation. We're out here in, the, in this beautiful weather right now. I, I call this Miami weather. Because that, that's closer to where the pastor is tonight. It's in Miami, isn't he? It, not Miami, but you know what I'm saying. It's down, down that area. He's enjoying this sea breeze. and Pastor, uh, I told him last year that I wanted him to go down there and look around and where there was a spot there where me and Louise could throw a pallet down. And we'd like to come down there and, and visit with him for two months. He never told me. He never told me, so I think he didn't want me to come. I don't blame him either. But... The thing about it all, and I'm not trying to jump around so much, but the thing about it all is that we did one thing. We endured.
God helped us to endure. Enduring, you know, my wife and I have been married for 51 years. 51 years. Now, I'm going to tell you right now, not so much on my part, but on her part, I guarantee you, she's had to endure. She's had to endure. I don't know what the washing machines that woman's wore out. I don't know what the dryers that that woman's wore out in 50 years. I used to keep count on it, but from now on, I think I'm just going to, when she says go buy one, I'm going to say, nope. You know, first thing that comes out of your mouth as a husband after 50 years is no. And it always ends up, there'll be a new washing machine coming. Something, something about that. You, you can't win. Now, I will get this off my chest. She told me, do not talk about abortion. That's the last thing she wanted me to talk about, so I'm not going to talk about abortion. But for me personally, and for you out there that's listening today, I'm sure glad our Supreme Court talked about it. And it ain't over yet. So, anyway... We got we got my abortion portion of it down for today. Now, the one thing I do know about the surrounding areas, and I'm not going to make any political statements or political. I'm just going to simply say it like it is. Two years ago, before the pandemic, and we can blame it on the pandemic if we want to. Okay. Because that would be easier than blaming it on Putin or blaming it on the war in the Ukraine. But two years ago, there wasn't hardly anybody that I knew personally that was having it, unless they're just normally people that like to get by just a little bit by little bit by little bit. Most people had a pretty good shot at life up to then. And our church wasn't near the financial situation that we can be in. I'm not saying what we're in because I'm not privileged to that information and thank God for that because I'd probably get up here and blab my mouth about it. But I do know that our church does now and always will have a need for financial funds. A lot of people like to call that tithing. A lot of people like to call it Offerings, a lot of people like to call it anything, but what I call it is, is providing from a human standpoint back to God. It belongs to Him. It belongs to God anyway. I have nothing, nothing whatsoever do I have that don't belong to and always have belonged to God. I just, a little stingy sometimes, I guess. And so is everybody else. But, that doesn't mean that God's not in control. Uh, I used to tell everybody, God don't need your money. God's got everything He needs. But I also believed in and do believe in tithing. I do believe in taking care of the needs. And I believe in making sure that our pastors are well taken care of. Because 
those people in the clergy are the ones who keeps things level for us. They keep us... Uh, when we have a... I'll give you an example of that. I got COVID-19. Y'all don't hate me for that, but I did, okay? And when I got COVID-19, I told the pastor, I said, Pastor, I just found out today that I got COVID-19. I thought he was going to have a hissy fit. I thought he was going to... About 15 minutes later, maybe you was the one who was driving, Stephen. I don't know who it was at the time. But brought me two cans of oxygen. Now, what in the world am I going to do with two cans of oxygen? Well, I read the instructions and I found out what you could do with two cans of oxygen. You can hold it up there and help you breathe through it. And, and he prayed with me over the phone. He, he took care of me. He, he, the pastor was genuinely concerned about me during my COVID. Well, thank God that I was able to put an end to that COVID after some excruciating pain in my legs and in my back. And I lost my smell. I couldn't eat. That I could tell what I was eating. And the truth about the matter is, our pastor stood beside me. He went with me through this. He didn't get next to me because he was afraid of catching COVID. But he, he, he was from a support element. Our pastor... I love him. He's probably watching this and he's going to tell me, Quit dwelling on me, boy. Get me telling about God. Well, that's what we're here for. We're here to talk about God. God always makes things better for us. God always provides for us. God heals us. God takes bad and works it for good. Now, let me check my time. Whoo! I'm doing good tonight. I'd been already off the stage if, if my wife would have told me to, you know. The psalmist David. Now, I was, I always know that you should never speak a message without talking a little bit about the Bible anyway. Isn't that right? That's what we're here for. The psalmist David said it so much better and so much more eloquent than I could. And all of you know this, so I'm just going to read a few few lines of it. It's, he said in the 23rd Psalm, The Lord is my shepherd, I shall not want. The Lord is my shepherd, and I shall not want. You know, a good shepherd takes care of his sheep. And uh, by the way, uh, Brother Abel's is a good shepherd. He takes care of his sheep. I can, I can vouch for that. He makes me lie down in green pastures. He leadeth me beside the still waters. He restoreth my soul. This psalm has been on my breath. This ain't part of the psalm, by the way. I'm not trying to add to David's psalm, okay? This psalm has been on my breath as long as I can remember in the past. I have known it. My grandmother used to quote it to me. She used to quote all sorts of different things to me, but this is one of them that I really, really remembered so well through the years. And, you know, while I'm talking about my grandmother, it's hard for me not to talk about her. Uh, if, if there's a 
anybody, which I know there is going to be, going to be in heaven, my grandmother's going to be there. But the trick, not the trick, so let's get that word out. That's a bad word to use at a church. Trick. The thing we need to do is to strive to be there with her. The thing, the thing we need to do is to want to be there with her. We've got to count the cost daily. We have got to set our feet like God tells us to each day. How y'all like my tennis shoes, by the way? God is so good. He tells us about things to do and things... He, he, he speaks to us. Brother Abels has been talking a whole lot about listening to the Word of God. Listening to God speak. Not just the Word of God. We can read that. Anybody with at least a fifth grade education can make out most of them words. I, I, well, the reason I said fifth is because I got out when I was in the fourth. No, I didn't. The Word of God is so important. My wife is on me every day. You need to get into the Word. And I try to tell her that it's... I'm, I'm, I'm there. I'm there. This is something that's going to hurt some of y'all. But I'm going to tell you anyway. There's going to come a time. There's not many of y'all that I'm talking about right now. There, there's at least three out there in the audience that I am talking about. And out there, I can't see who you are. Is somebody trying to play music to make me get off stage? Let me see what time it is. Oh, yeah, we're, we're ready to roll. My generation will be gone one day. We have got to prepare a group to follow along behind us. People like you folks right down there. People like you folks and you folks. Right there is the mother of one of the sweetest children in the world. And she's got two others that I know of, Toby and your other daughter. Is that just three total? That's what I was thinking. Lord, give me a word about her youngest daughter here recently. And I sure hope it turns out to be right because the word, the Lord told me that that woman's going to be the mother of some of the biggest changes the church has ever seen. Not necessarily bad changes. I'm talking about good changes. Changes in the right direction. And every one of you has got similar stories like that. And in closing, where's Stephen at? Did you want to play? In closing, and I'm not going to close real quick. I just want y'all to know that one of these days we're going to be gone, girls. And we need to have people take our places. We need, we're, our, our pastor is always, already raising the next generation. Where'd he go? That generation left. I've had 70 years now plus to get ready to see my maker. Seventy years. I only had about four hours to prepare this. All along the way, all along the way, I knew that they would come to face my Maker. I knew this. I, I've known it all along. I'd never looked forward to it. 
but it seems like I'm starting to look a little bit closer forward to it than what I probably should. I know that God's coming back. He's coming to pick up His elect. The rapture could happen between now and the time I go home for all I know and for all you know. Even if there is a rapture, some people say there's not going to be. I believe there will be. Because the Bible says it. Not exactly, but it says it. So what's at stake the day that you're called to heaven? I told you I was going to tell you what's at stake. I've always known that I'm weak. I've always known that inside of me was a scoundrel that wore tennis shoes. What's wrong with that? Not a thing. I've always known that God's loved me. I've always known that Jesus Christ is my Lord. And I've always known that He loves me more and more. Because if He didn't, I would have backslidden down a razor blade, okay? Woo! I would have backslidden down. Backwards. But I didn't. But He is strong. Jesus is strong in us. The point is, put Jesus in your life. Plan your life with Jesus around you. Boy, this thing just keeps on dropping, doesn't it? He told us, yes, that He's the door. Jesus has told us He's the only way. When you grab a hold of that door, the only way you're going to step into heaven is through Jesus Christ. No other way. There's no other way. I've heard of Buddha. I've heard of Chimchok Chi and all them other stuff. I thought they were speaking in tongues when they said that, but they weren't. And He told us one thing. One thing that is at stake. And that is that we have to keep our hearts in a condition to accept the grace of God. We've got to stay humble before God. We've got to walk softly into the night. We have got to understand that He loves us and He'll do anything for us. God and Jesus Christ our Savior made us a promise. I understand that there was well over 7,000 promises that was made in the New Testament. But here's one of them that He made us. And I'm standing on it. I'm standing on this promise. He said, I go away to prepare a place for you. If it was not so, He said, I wouldn't go through the trouble to tell you. He says, we are going to be together one day at the head of the Father's table. I don't know how, I don't know how He's going to put all billion of us around that table, but we're going to find out. We're going to find out. We're going to do our best to be there. It's so good to see you two together here tonight, okay? And you two, what happened to all you people over there? Bobby, good to see you tonight. Will y'all all please join with me and, and stand and I'm going to close in prayer.
I hope I did my duty here tonight. Heavenly Father, we thank You for the opportunity to come and be with You tonight with You and Your children. We ask You, Lord, that You keep our thoughts only on kingdom-minded things. We ask You, Lord, for us to always bow down to Your plan. We ask You, Lord, to help us keep our feet straight and keep our hearts alive for You. In Jesus' wonderful name, I ask and I pray. Amen.